Fellowship, and today we're going to be talking about the story of the Bible. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy 2.15. Before that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear God, thank you, Lord, for your words, and thank you for um, giving us the Bible so we can, first of all, be saved and be study so we can come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord, and bless this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 2 Timothy 2.15 The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, for some of us, it's probably something that uh, you've heard a lot of times, but uh, hey, it's an important verse in the Bible. So, let's kind of break it down, shall we? Second uh, Timothy two fifteen. What does uh, what does this verse say? First of all, of course, it says to study. You know, the one that's speaking here is the Apostle Paul, and uh, he's commanding us, the church, which is the body of Christ, to study. You know, there's nobody else in the Bible that was commanded to study and to rightly divide God's word words other than us, the church, which is the body of Christ. You know why that is? It's because a lot of us sort of just um, go to different portions in the Bible and become porch pirates, steal packages and steal mail that does not belong to us. So we are to study. And studying is hard. Studying it, uh, takes a lot of work. Uh, so that's the first one, study. Secondly, show thyself. You know nobody's going to do this for you. You have to do this for yourself. Um, you know, pastors come and go, teachers come and go, um, but you're going to have to study for yourself. I've heard, uh, I heard a, a preacher say before that if you want to, excuse me, if you want to uh, catch the big fish, you're going to have to launch out in the deep. So you're going to have to do that yourself. I know there's a lot of good preachers out there that you can listen to, uh, download podcasts, listen to videos online, or read their work, but it all comes down to yourself. Study to show thyself. Next thing is approved unto God. You know, uh, a lot of Christians these days, they uh, are more concerned about what other people think about them. And yes, I'd, I'd be the first to acknowledge that I was and probably sometimes still the same way, but um, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Um, whose approval are we seeking? Are we seeking the approval of our pastor or our Bible teacher or other Christians? What about the approval of God? Then uh, the next one is um, we are to be workmen. Studying is work. Um, learning the Bible, digging in is work. So uh, if if we're if we're to apply Second Timothy two fifteen, there's reading or sorry. First of all, there's listening to God's words and praise God for that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing, and then there's reading. A lot of people don't read God's words, and then there's studying. Uh, and so from point one to point three, it sure uh, takes a workman to do that. Um, and then next one is not ashamed. 
if you are approved unto God, if you endeavor to keep yourself approved unto God rather than unto man, unto pastors, unto denomination, uh, denominators, <laughs> denominators, excuse me, denominations, unto uh, factions, then of course, um, I mean, if, if that's what we're concerned about, their approval, of course, will be a shame. But if we are... Um, concerned about making ourselves approved unto God, then we would not be ashamed. Um, and then we have rightly dividing. So if the Bible says, if the Bible commands us to rightly divide God's word, that just says, or that just shows us that there's natural divisions in the Bible, or else the Bible would not command us to rightly divide it, right? And then last but not the least, the word of truth. This, I believe, on my, in my opinion, uh, of course, you can definitely uh, have your own uh, thought about this. Uh, I believe, my opinion, this is the crucial thing here. If you don't have the word of truth, if you don't have a word-perfect Bible, then what's the use of rightly dividing the word of truth? So you need a word-perfect Bible. You need the King James Bible so uh, you can rightly divide the word of truth. All right? Of course, let's go to the next one then. Let's dive deep into this. 2 Timothy 2.15 um, says to rightly divide God's words. And uh, so let's go to the very beginning. The very first verse in the Bible is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And it divides... Uh, it divides creation, what God created, into heaven and earth. And that's why he says, or Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven, singular, and the earth. There's a reason why I say singular. Um, because some Bibles have plural on there. In the beginning for them, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, it could not, that could not be true because... This is the very beginning. This is Genesis 1-1 and the uh, other heavens like space and the uh, atmosphere where our birds fly and the airplanes fly were not created yet. They were created in the following days, right? So in the beginning, God created what? The heaven and the earth. And so if you have a Bible, just like what we talked about earlier, the, the word of truth, if you have a Bible that is plural here, heavens, then it's inaccurate already. And if your Bible, if if the Bible is inaccurate from the beginning, where else can it be wrong? Where else can it be found wa wanting? Uh, and how many times? That's why David said, "Thy word is true from the beginning." It has to be. It has to be the word of truth for you, for us to be able to. Rightly divide God's words. All right, so that's Genesis 1 1. That's the very beginning. Then we have Genesis, uh, or sorry, Revelation 21 in the very end. In the beginning, we have heaven. In the very, in the very end, in uh, Revelation uh, 21, we have the new heaven. All right, in the beginning, we have the earth. And then in Revelation 21, in the end, we have the new earth. So that's just simple right division there, right? Heaven and earth in, in the beginning. And at the end, in Revelation 21, we have the new heaven and the new earth. 
That's why in Revelation 21.1 it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Revelation 21 verse 1. So if you were to think about it, right? In Matthew chapter number 6 verse number 10. So this is there's definitely a, a good Bible study for another day and another time regarding this passage. But Matthew chapter number 6 verse number 10 says uh, Jesus was was teaching his disciples uh, how to pray. And he says, uh, thy kingdom come, all right? He was Jesus Christ, uh, just a preview, I guess. Jesus Christ was standing here on earth and he was praying to the Father who is in heaven, you know, thy kingdom come from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth, come from heaven to earth, all right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. So just skipping the different Bible study regarding Matthew uh, chapter number six, the Lord's Prayer, um, you can see, or we can see, anyone can see, that God has a will or a program for both heaven and earth. Let me say that again. God has a will or a program for both heaven and earth. So, um, the next most, log most logical, uh, and I use that loosely, I guess I would probably just say the natural thing for a man who is born conceited to do is to say, ooh, awesome, God has a will for, or a program for both heaven and earth. I'm sure God's will for, you know, God's, those, those will, uh, wills for both heaven and earth involve me or revolves around me. I sure certainly thought about that, didn't you? Right? But what is God's will for you and me right now? It's actually found in actually not just you and me, anyone who's living in earth right now. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. God's will, number one, is to have all men to be saved. Well, <laughs> there goes there goes the doctrine of Calvinist, uh, Calvinism uh, out the window. So number one, His will is for all men to be saved. And number two, to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Number one, we'll have all men to be saved. And number two, to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. Don't you think that, uh, you know, maybe some of you would ask, don't you think you need to come to the knowledge of the truth to believe it first? Well, there's this, this is definitely talking about... Uh, um, just learning more about the Bible, if you will. So um, let's go back to our main uh, simple division so far. We have heaven and earth in the beginning. God created the heaven and earth. And in Revelation 21 verse uh, 1, we have the new heaven and the new earth. Enter Mr. Lucifer. Bum, bum, bum. Of course, that's prob that's not what Lucifer looks like. I just couldn't find a a, a picture of him of uh, you know an accurate picture, if you will, of a 
of a cherub because Satan or Lucifer before he became Satan was not a fallen angel. He was a uh, cherub. Uh, and there's uh, a difference between those two. Things that are different are not the same. Anyway, Lucifer says in Isaiah 14, verse 14, this is just actually two of it, the last two of his I wills. But uh, he says, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And so you come to think, why does he want to be like the Most High? Does that mean he, he wants to be like God? Before I go forward, let me, you know, just throw out some practical applications here. I will be like the Most High. If Satan wants to be like God, don't you think he would have churches that li are like God's church? Don't you think he would have a Bible that is like God's real Bible? Don't you think he would have a gospel that is like God's real gospel right now for us? Don't you think he would have people or ministers who are like God's real ministers? Sometimes we have the wrong uh, impression of what the work of the devil is and we need to be sober when we're, we need to we need to uh, be wise about what the devil does all right so he says I will be like the most high but what is the most high who is the most high of course we know that that's God but what does that mean what does the word or the term most high mean the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 14, verse 18. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. So the devil wanted to be, or Satan, or Lucifer wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to be the possessor of heaven and earth, just like what we talked about earlier in our uh, basic right division. So we're in we're in our right division, Second Timothy chapter number two, verse fifteen. We're going uh, the, like we said earlier. The Bible has natural divisions, and uh, a few of those are described described in Ephesians chapter number two. The first one is uh, found in Ephesians two verses eleven to twelve, which is. Uh, time past and the bible says wherefore remember that ye ye who's who's the writer of course uh that's the apostle paul who's ye the christians in ephesus the ephesians that ye being in time past gentiles so he was talking to gentiles he was not talking to the nation of israel that's uh, another main division there or a natural division there that the bible uh, shows us so we have to rightly divide between the Gentiles and the nation of Israel that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands so in time past there's a distinction between the Gentiles and the nation of Israel 
the Gentiles were called uncircumcision and the nation of Israel is called circumcision. And this is very important because in another part of the Bible, the Apostle Paul says that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to him just like the gospel of the circumcision was committed to Peter. I know I'm just loosely uh, uh, paraphrasing or, or quoting that verse, but uh, we can talk about that some other time. Anyway, continuing on, verse number 12, that at that time, what time? At, during time past, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See how, how bleak, how dark it is, uh, how dark it was. Everyone in time past in the Old Testament, every single one, Gentiles, we were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So, the, so you might ask, well, Brother Francis, what about the Gentiles in the Old Testament, does that mean that there is no chance for them to be saved? Well, there is, but during that dispensation, they have to uh, they have to go through the program that God gave the nation of Israel, and we'll talk about that hopefully later on, time permitting, right? So that was in time past. And you see how sad the condition is, or the condition was of Gentiles, but now. In Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 13, praise God for the next verse. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. <laughs> praise God for that. In times past, in time past, the all, you know, Gentiles just without Christ and, uh, you know, outside of the commonwealth of Israel. We're just we're just aliens. And so now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. That in the ages to come, Ephesians 2 verse number 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the and the kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So as you can see, the natural divisions given to us by the Bible is that we have time past, which is the Old Testament. But now, and we'll talk about what that is later on in ages to come. Um, maybe some of you have a, uh, an idea that uh, maybe, you know, the Bible is talking about uh, the ages to come, um, the tribulation or the millennial kingdom or um, eternity future and stuff like that. And And yes... That's that's a that's a good guess there, but we'll talk about that some more later on. So let's look about our let's look at our uh, basic timeline here. All right. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, right? And so uh, we have our two our our three natural divisions up here. We have time past, but now over here in the middle. And then we have ages to come towards the end at the right over there. And in uh, under time past, we're talking about, uh, we are looking, or sorry, we're, we're talking about the third row 
down here from the top. In John 1 verse 11, it says he came unto his own and his own received him not. That's the sad story of what happened. But I don't want to get ahead of myself for now. And then uh, Zechariah 14 verse 9 at the end over here. I'm skipping the middle here for a bit. As you can see, there's nothing in the middle there. Zechariah 14 verse 9 says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. So at the bottom over here under millennial kingdom, we have uh, the red over there signifying the Lord Jesus Christ being the literal king of kings and lord of lords during this time. You might be thinking, you know, and, and I know some preachers pray or maybe you've used that before when you pray that lord you are our king of kings and lord of lords but if you really think about it and just put some some honesty into it is the lord jesus christ really king of kings and lord of lords plural right now with what's happening in the news is he really king of kings and lord of lords right now oh and you might think oh maybe i mean yeah he's he's just the king of my life and king of my heart well it's plural king of kings and lord of lords so and that's all the prophecies about the lord jesus christ being that being king of kings and lord of lords or is talking about the literal kingdom literal throne literal kingship not just a spiritual king of somebody's heart all right so um in the beginning god created heaven and earth and then of course we have adam and then noah over here um nobody was an israelite yet nobody was a jew yet and then but from Adam, um, and of course, there, there's a flood right uh, right over here after Noah. But, um, and God gave Adam and Noah a few things, a few instructions. They did not have any writings at all yet. They did not have the King James Bible at all yet. If Adam said, what must I do to be saved? Eve cannot say, well, that's easy, Mr. Adam. Just open to Roman chap Romans chapter number 3, verse 23. If Noah says, what can I do to be saved? Shem could not say, that's easy. Dad, why don't you just open to uh, 1 Corinthians 15? They, they did not have anything yet. And so their salvation was uh, dependent on if they believed what God said, and obeyed what God said. Well, that ended with the uh, um, man went after God says, uh, you know, um, or I mean, God gave Adam and Noah orders uh, and commands, and we don't have time to go through all of that. Um, God saw that all that ended in the Tower of Babel. And um, because of that, God gave them up. If you, uh, God gave them over finally. And God said, you know what? I'm not going to deal with man like this anymore. I'm going to start dealing with one specific family and one specific chosen people. And God called Abraham out of the Ur and the Chaldees to the promised land. And just like Hebrews chapter number 11, or Hebrews chapter 11 says, uh, Abraham believed God right there and then. And then he left. He believed God. 
faith. And then he left, plus works, right? Uh, later on again, and the, and the Bible says in Genesis that that was his belief was counted under him for uh, to righteousness, and then later on again it's going God was going to uh, test Abraham, you know, and command him to kill Isaac his son, and Abraham just like what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter eleven again believed God accounting that. He would raise Isaac out, uh, from the dead because, you know, Abraham said, well, I believe God said I, he was going to make me into a, uh, a, a, a nation um, through Isaac. So if he's commanding me to kill Isaac, that means he's just going to raise him up from the dead. All right. So um, faith, he believed, plus works. He still went to offer his son. Right. And then, of course, we have the lawgiver, Moses. This, I mean, back to Abraham. If Abraham said, Sarah, I don't know what to do. What must I do to be saved? <laughs> you know, um, Sarah can't say, oh, that's easy. Just go over to, to Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, because there is no right things whatsoever just yet, right? Uh, well, I, just, I, might, I might be wrong. Uh, Job um, may have existed already. Uh, but I, I'm I uh, let's let's talk about that some other time. But going back to Adam, Noah, and Abraham, right? Especially Abraham, because God promised Abraham, listen, this land is going to be yours, right? And your children forever, right? So, just unlike us. When we're talking about salvation, we're looking up. We're looking up. We're excited to go to heaven when we die, if you're saved, right? Abraham, especially, Moses, and David, they're not looking up. They're looking forward towards the promises of God. It's an earthly promise, earthly inheritance, right? Our inheritance is a heavenly inheritance, and we'll show that to you later on. And so we have Moses, the lawgiver, and then David, the kings, and of course the prophets as well. Right? As you can see, when God started to deal with the nation of Israel, there is the what you call the middle wall of partition between Israel and Gentiles. And you know who put that there? God put that there. Right, and when God put sets a wall up, nobody can break it. Break it just like when when God shut the door to Noah's ark, nobody could open it again. Right, and you know who breaks that wall, that middle wall of partition? It would be God as well. Later on, we'll talk about that. Right, so we have the kings and the prophets. There's definitely a distinction between Israel and Gentiles, and there's that uh, middle wall of partition. The church, which is the body of Christ, cannot, cannot start, cannot exist until that middle wall of partition is broken down. Why? Because the church, which is the body of Christ, is consist, uh, is consist, or consists of both Jews and Gentiles and there is no more difference between them, right? 
And the Bible says that God made them twain one new man, right? So between the kings or between the captivity and John the Baptist, there is 400 years of silence. Uh, we're going to talk about this some other time, but um, from here before John, all the way back, uh, back to, you know, Abraham, we're talking about the Mosaic, or sorry, yeah, the Mosaic Church. And then from John the Baptist, all of these Israelites, all the way to Acts chapter number, Acts chapters 1 to Acts chapters, to the end of Acts chapter number 28, uh, the Jewish believers who were, who, who got saved under the gospel of the circumcision. They're called the uh, Messianic Church or the little flock, starting from John the Baptist. Their gospel over here is different, right? For their salvation, the preaching, the gospel is uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's not what we believe on right now. We believe 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 is death, burial, and resurrection. But before the cross from John, even the Lord Jesus Christ preached it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even Peter, you know, when the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, go uh, and two by two, but go not unto the way of the Gentiles. Why? Because he... Everything over here, it's still an earthly program. It's still the Jewish program. And later on, we're going to come to realize or come to understand it's the prophetic program. Okay. Um, and then, of course, just that's why I said up here, John chapter number one, verse 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Right. The Lord Jesus Christ. From here, they've been praying They've been waiting for, um, for the kingdom, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for their Messiah to come. But when he finally came, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So they crucified him. They crucified him. And uh, um, praise God that he rose again the third day. And then later on, he ascended up to heaven, right? Um, but all throughout over here, if you just read the Bible and believe it face value, when Jesus was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven was, is at hand, John the Baptist was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right over here, the first few chapters of Acts, in Acts chapter number two, uh, Peter was preaching about what Joel said. Joel was talking about right here in the tribulation. And everyone was expecting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and come back and set up the kingdom. That's why in, in Acts chapter number one, the disciples said, Lord, is it time? Are you going to set up the kingdom right now and to uh, restore the kingdom unto Israel? And then uh, in the following chapters, uh, all the believers that believe in the Jewish preachers, the apostles, would sell everything that they have. Why? Because they believed plus obeyed. To show their belief, 
to show that they do believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to come soon. They sold their possession because what would they need that for when the kingdom is set up already, right? Um, so they were, uh, they were teaching, they were, they were preaching, and of course they were believing that um, the Lord Jesus Christ was about to come soon in their own lifetime at hand to uh, establish the, 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 the millennial kingdom or the kingdom that was prophesied all along, right? And then, of course, all we, we know, uh, I don't have to go into much detail, uh, after the millennial kingdom, uh, the earth will be reformed, and then there would be the great white throne judgment, and then after that, we have the new heaven and the new earth. Well, that's the whole story of the Bible, but... But where do you and I come in? And that's why we have the new uh, portion over here in the middle, but now. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is not uh, in the earth anymore. The Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven. He's the resurrected head of the body. And from heaven, he calls out an apostle. And all his previous apostles and disciples are called from the earth, given an earthly promise, give, given an uh, earthly inheritance, given earth, an earthly message. He, gave, he calls Paul from heaven and gives him a heavenly message, gives him, uh, which later on we're going to be talking, we're going to see is the mystery, and uh, gives us an earthly, a, a, a heavenly inheritance. And for the first time in the pages of history, remember we talked about time past, that every Gentile was uh, outside the commonwealth of Israel without Christ. And in the first time in the pages of history, in the pages of the Bible, praise God, a fellow by the name of Paul says, I speak unto you Gentiles. Whew. <laughs> That's why, I don't, uh, if you notice over here, uh, this huge white uh, oval um, space over here, which represents the dispensation of grace, which uh, now God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is not dealing with Israel as a nation anymore because there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. Now, the message is not anymore uh, repent over here before the cross for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or after the cross, uh, repent and be baptized. Repent because you crucified the Messiah and be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, it's uh, believe uh, on his death burial and resurrection okay um and that's this is you and me right here at towards the end and i uh that means we're close as we can close to the catching away or the rapture and see if you see remember let's let me take you back we're actually almost done so please bear with me let me take you back to the very first uh division that we have we have in the beginning god created heaven this gray area over here, and earth. As you can see, these guys were looking for their earthly inheritance over here and then over here. But as you can see, 
our area or our space intersects between uh, earth and heaven. Why? Because even if we live right now in earth, we are a heavenly people, meaning our program is heavenly. Um, when we die, when we die, we go to heaven if you're saved, right? Over here, when they died, they went to paradise, also known as Abraham's bosom. Okay? So, um, so that's it. That's the great story. That's the great story of the Bible, a story of the Bible. Um, praise God for what he did over here that made this possible. But um, if we're going to sort of just figure out from the Bible where everything is, this is how uh, we're going to put it. So, of course, everything over here is read in Genesis to Malachi. And then over here is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then after that, the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified by everyone. Uh, I mean, not by everyone around here is what I meant to say. But uh, the guy said, uh, Pontius Pilate says, Shall I crucify your king? And the, and the Jews said, We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. Crucify him. And then on the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he asked for another year of extension. Or another extension. Uh, another chance, sorry, another extension. Um, and so that's Acts chapter 1, chapters 1 to 8. And if you read chapters 1 to 8, there is still that difference. There is still that middle wall of partition between Israel and the Gentiles. So like I said earlier, the church, which is the body of Christ, could not have Started until that middle wall of partition was broken. And so when God saved our pattern, who was the Apostle Paul, right, in Acts chapter number 9, Apostle Paul, who is the first member of the church, which is the body of Christ, so he's our pattern, that starts the church, which is the body of Christ. Oh yes, it was made possible in the cross, but it started with the Apostle Paul, our pattern. And that's why his writings, Romans to Philemon, is what applies to us today. Right? And then, of course, Hebrews to Revelation chapter number 20 talks about the tribulation and the millennial kingdom. Uh, and then Revelation chapter number 21 is the new heaven and then the new earth. Okay? So what does that mean, Brother Francis? Does that mean that we're only supposed to read Romans to Philemon and throw and just tear out the rest of the books in the Bible and just throw them away or burn them? Well, I'm glad you ask. <laughs> the Bible says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So everything, 
everything from Genesis to Revelation. They're all scripture, so they're given by inspiration of God and is profitable, right? So all scripture, because they're given by inspiration of God, they are profitable, right? Um, for a proof, for correction, or sorry, for doctrine, the first, uh, you know, I can't believe I, I skipped that. That was the very first one and the very, the most important one for doctrine, for a proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So as you can see, all of it is important. All of it is important. But what's applicable to us to our to our growth to our salvation uh through our to our doctrines is found in the writings of Paul Romans to Philemon right Romans 15 verse 4 says for whatsoever things were written aforetime aforetime right the time before uh, us were written or our time were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope so there even if we can't apply the doctrines found here or here or here or here or here uh, in genesis to malachi matthew to john acts chapter 1 to 8 hebrews to the, the book of revelation even if we cannot apply those doctrinally to us that but we can still learn from them um and we're, we're going to talk about it separately why the apostle paul why do we why do we uh take the writings of the apostle paul to apply to us today but um but in short for now not you know uh, i've i heard a a preacher say this before uh he said all of the bible is written for us but not all of it is written to us we'll talk about that later um towards the end here and then last but not the least in our uh in our picture over here in our chart in our timeline everything from here in the back uh in the old testament in time past is called prophecy god's program uh of prophecy meaning it's written everything that um that was prophesied about the lord jesus christ here and the kingdom was written and prophesied and it's searchable and like i said everything over here is done by sight because it's it's uh it can be seen it's earthly it's an earthly program and if it's uh if something that can be seen it's measurable it's something that can be searched is what i'm trying to say that's why when the lord jesus christ said uh over here to the gentile or sorry to the pharisees search the scriptures because they testify of me search the scriptures and then over here paul says uh when after god revealed the mystery to him says listen what I'm talking to you is un the un what I'm talking to you about is the unsearchable riches of Christ. You cannot see it in 
the Old Testament uh, uh, books or uh, the Synoptic Gospels or in Acts chapter numbers 1 to 8. They are not there at all, unsearchable riches of Christ. Right? So that's why our program is the mystery program. We'll have another study on different mysteries in the Bible. And over here, because our program is a heavenly program, then we walk not by sight, but by faith. And then after this, after we are called out and raptured away, or caught away, uh, and then it goes back to the program, the prophecy program, and and uh, by sight when 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 uh, things are done by sight. So I hope uh, you enjoy that. That's the that's the the story of the Bible. There, just a short version of it, of course, and definitely did not scratch the surface there. But what do we learn out of all this? What do we learn out of right division, or what do we learn of about or from from that chart that we talked about? First off, we learned that not everything is about us, and that's why when little kids, uh, you know, babies, toddlers, when you give when when you bring when you come home, they think everything that's in there in your hands, whether it's a briefcase from work or some tools or some hardware, uh, whatever it is, they think it's for them. For them, they think it's theirs. And that's why in the mystery program, God deals with us as adult sons. We're supposed to not be conceited. We're not supposed to be ignorant. We're supposed to to rightly divide God's word and God's words and say, hey, not everything is about us. Right? Not everything is about you or me. It's the Bible's the theme of the Bible is about the king and the kingdom. And when it, we're talking about the prophecy period and the mystery which God kept secret. Right? Um number two we were commanded to study and rightly divide because there are natural divisions in the Bible. And we talked about that. I showed you in times past, in uh, but now, and in, uh, in the uh, sorry, I'm <laughs> in times to come. Next, all the Bible is for us, but not all of it is to us we talked about that earlier which leads us to this heresy i've i also heard another preacher say this before so that means it's this um this is not me originally from me that's why i have quotations on there heresy is truth misplaced so why is it that there's people trying to heal right now why is it that there's people trying to uh uh handle snakes right now they have some snake handling services they have why because they have bible to back it you know when when i was when i was trained in our soul winning uh soul winning efforts or soul winning program when i was in bible college we were taught to go out two by two and i remember one of my teachers saying 
If the guy does not believe you, on your way out, just shake the dust from your shoes. <laughs> There's Bible for that. I can take you to the Bible for, you know, that that he used to back that up. But it's not for our time. It's not for our dispensation. So it is truth misplaced. Just like there are people who are baptizing uh, who think that who think that water baptism is necessary for salvation right now? Because they have Bible to back it up, but it's not necessary for us today. It's truth misplaced. You see. Uh, and then, last but not the least, First Timothy chapter number two, verse three to four says, uh, "Salvation comes before the knowledge of the truth." And and I'm using that uh, as um, in this way, if you will. So bear with me. Some people would say, you know, before you believe, you have to know that you have to come to the knowledge of the truth first. But you know what the what the Bible is talking about over here, I believe, is that salvation is necessary. You know, without salvation, without regeneration, without um. Uh, without us being spiritually regenerated there is no interest whatsoever because we are spiritually discerned there's no interest whatsoever in spiritual things so um if if uh, we're not saved then how can we come to the knowledge of the truth when it comes to right division or or deep doctrines when it comes to the prophecy or the prophetic program of God or the mystery program of God. I actually sometimes am skeptical about people who have claim who are claiming to have been saved for a long time but have no interest whatsoever in learning God's words. It does not stop there. It does not stop in salvation. You know, some people think, you know, I'm saved. I'm good. No problem. I'm not going to I'm not going to learn anything. And then they hide behind, you know, the saying, I don't want to to be ugly. I don't want to fight or debate or or you guys are so dogmatic and things like that. I, and I get it. There definitely is some merit to that because some people, some some believers, some Christians just live to debate. And that's not what we're trying to do over here. We're just trying to help people come to the knowledge uh, of the truth in the Bible. Right? So be saved. And then after that, guess what? It doesn't stop there. You know, like some preachers say, uh, you know, some people have been saved for a long time and they can't even to this day uh, quote John 3.16 accurately. Why? Because we tend to be just like little birds and just open our mouths wide and, help and, and and wait for somebody to feed us. Wait for a mama bird to come to give us regurgitated uh, food. So after salvation, then you can apply 2 Timothy 2.15 and rightly divide God's uh, the word of truth. So that's what, that's what the story of the Bible is in a nutshell. We sure barely scratched the surface. I'd like to say, be careful. The message over here in time past 
and even in Acts chapter 1 to 7 is different from the gospel that's given to us over here that Paul preached to us. And then it's going to be different again over here. If you are applying truth here in the but now portion, but that truth belongs to time past or ages to come, then that's truth misplaced. And so that would be heresy. I'm scared, actually. Some people take gospel their gospel from here or here. Some people might take their gospels from here. And actually, a lot, I've heard a preacher say that a lot of cults build their doctrines from here, Matthew, Hebrews, Acts, right? So be very careful. It is so important to rightly divide the word of truth. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for, for uh, uh, your wonderful words. I pray, dear God, that this would be a blessing to everyone who is listening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before I go forward, or before I uh, I uh, close, just wanted to invite everyone who hasn't followed us. Um, our podcast is called the Workman on the Shame Podcast, and uh, you can follow and download our podcast anywhere, uh, in specifically Apple, Spotify, Google, and uh, Amazon Podcast, and then of course. Please follow us in our Facebook page, our Instagram, and the Pauline Fellowship uh, YouTube channel. If you have any questions, um, we're definitely going to take some time to answer questions in videos as well in our Bible studies. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send us an email at paulinefellowship at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Again, this is Francis Simeon for the Pauline Fellowship. God bless you. Thank you.